This is the AI Assisted Organization podcast hosted by myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla. Good morning, Alok. Good morning, Piers. How are you? My, my eyes lasered. <laughs> so uh, I can see you pretty clearly. I see if it, see if it continues. It's not quite right. I've got to give it a week or so. I guess we're leading up to the um, the sort of holiday period. I think we're, we're going to talk at the end of this about what we're planning to do before that in terms of talking about next year. And also we may have a little bit of a break as well on the pod for a couple of weeks. This week we're going to go through, well, last week we had a slightly different um, sort of format. I hope you enjoyed that. Actually. We basically um, used a workshop that we did with some of our AI insiders. And those who haven't signed up yet, please do. Um, and that was quite interesting. It was really about um, kind of like looking into next year and talking, focusing on growth. We missed out quite a bit of news last week. So I'm going to go over all the news because it's been yeah. quite a lot. We're we'll trying to focus on the news, which is more, you know, focus on AI for business, uh, implement AI updates. And also we're then going to have got a theme this week is really about training. So not just training, well, training people, training yourself. That's obviously one of the first competitive advantages you can create with artificial intelligence. And also training models as well. And by combining those two things, you can, you know, get ahead really quickly. And there's some great research by um, Goldman Sachs on reading over the weekend about the fact that this technology is out there but very few people are actually using it. They're, they're toying with it, they're playing with it. The implementation, the actual deployment of it has been quite slow. So again, going to 2024, we're going to talk about this over our podcast over the next couple of weeks, is deployment is going to be the secret to success. So let's get into it. So ChatGPT is a one-year-old. Can you believe it? Feels like a lot longer than that, doesn't it? Um, I mean, I only started using it probably in what, February, March even. It's been, been around for a while before that. There was, you know, there was GPT-2 people using. But in terms of it's, it's kind of the... The kind of knowledge of this um, technology being available and the, the media picking and people using it and it going from zero to 100, what, 100 million users in a space of two months. This is only one year old and it ended the year with quite a bang. So we t- touched upon it a couple of weeks ago. The whole sort of debacle, open AI, the sort of governance structure, changing the board, defying the CEO. Yes. Uh, we'll touch on that in a minute. But ChatGPT is one year old and it's kind of it's kind of changed the world in many ways. Not just ChatGPT, we'll talk about other models, a lot of other models as well. But you know, we've seen it go from this quite simple sort of prompt that everyone could use. They've got enterprise versions, you've got paid versions, um, they've uh, launched GPTs. Now, they have paused the rollout of the GPT store. I think it's too easy to people to access your system prompt. So when you create a, a GPT, this is like a custom chat GPT, basically, um, using a system prompt where you tell it how to do a certain thing in a certain way. Then you could create a store. So you could have a, a fantastic uh, math tutor or whatever it might be, or artistic guidance. But if everybody can access your prompts, they can just copy it and stop paying for it. That's been a bit of an issue. And also there's been some people who have been able to access some of the documents that have been uploaded. So I think they've kind of slowed down yeah. a bit. And what we may find is that some of the, the sh- whatever they t- tended to ship is being slowed down slightly. So, so, so Sam Altman is moving on. This The former CEO is again the current CEO. He's back. Um, a, bit, a bit of a change there at the board. I think Microsoft are going to have somebody on the board. I mean, why you'd put £10 billion into a business or back it, it that kind of tune and not have some representation on the board i just don't know i think it just shows the power of these these companies in terms of their negotiating ability now they're going to see some hopefully improved governance because they're you know, having set on the board of um, very large companies and government organizations the governance there was absolutely abysmal so hopefully that, that'll change there'll be a lot of theories a lot of conversations and chat and you know kind of conspiracy theories what happened and why I know some of it was probably uh, internal tension about the direction of the business. People who focus on research as opposed to monetizing. And also there's been some um, news about, you know, Q-Star, which is 
kind of an algorithm which has potentially improved the models to the point where people think that they may be nearing AGI, making it better at mathematics, um, which is something that large language models aren't particularly good at. So whether QSTAR is anything like that, whether we're nearing AGI, we're not going to find out for some time. I think they're going to slow down and be very, very, very cautious going forward about any news leaking about anything like that. Now, we've seen that, um, you know, Elon Musk and all these other people have stepped into the fray, uh, Jensen Huang, about AGI, when it may happen. It's like two Jensen years, five years. Well, no one seems to be saying it's 10 years. Know, now, know, yeah, he's five. Musk is two, three. Yeah. And no one's no, no saying it's three years. That is true. No, no. And it depends on the definition. And, and, and also, like we talked about before, like having a, a almost like a constellation of different agents that can work together as a hive mind, that's going to probably be the first incarnation that's going to kind of come. But I mean, yeah, GPT is only one year old. I mean, I cannot imagine not having access to this technology. It's so profound. Like I had a blood test last week and I was uploading it and I was getting some detailed analysis and information and even like nutritional recommendations and different things from from within there. It's, it's so powerful. And then during that whole fracas you know Claudia releasing their new stuff and then you know so many of these open source models are really really good as well so I mean the, the, the genie that bottle like uh, you know the, the power of these systems is so good yeah the power of these systems is is like you say I don't know how I'd live without them now in terms of having this almost like a time machine I call it where the amount of time you can save the amount of um, information you can access the amount of information you can process was unheard of six months ago and mine a year ago so well, people still aren't using it. Like I said this um, in the workshop we did last week, we turned into the podcast, that when I, I did look on a lot of keynotes, we did lots of workshops, we asked the audience, how many of you are using this technology personally to augment yourself? And it's zero to 4% maximum in a room. Um, so, you know, use the individual have the ability to literally get ahead <laughs> of, you know, 96 to 100 percent of the people you're competing with either were or in terms of your your competitive businesses what you're seeing is and we'll touch on this now moving on is what you're seeing is is the great thing is, is a lot of it, some of this is open source some of it's proprietary we were seeing these huge steps even in the space of 12 months in the last few months because of this huge amount of competition there's a lot of money being thrown at it so you're seeing step changes you're seeing you know chat gpt launches um yeah. chat gpt for turbo that's got under under what is it under 30,000 tokens, was it? Then Claude launched with 200,000 tokens. That tokens, the context, and what you can upload inside of your prompt when you're working with this model isn't everything. But you can just see the, the constant, that composition. It makes you wonder, really, is how far could they really go if they really pushed it? I mean, I started really thinking about this a lot, like, because I, mean, I was reading some books yesterday, and I was thinking to myself, like, half the time I'm reading the book, I'm having a conversation in my head about like the ideas from it. I was thinking, I need to write things down. What I started playing with is like keeping the voice of GPT on and just taking notes as I'm reading the book, basically, right? You know, like, and so I think that we're going to be definitely transitioning to this, like always on systems and everyone's, once you start getting the benefits of these augmented systems, it's going to be much better. And, and like, there's been a few Chinese models that have been released recently that open source and they're at a level of comparable to GPT-4. So I really think that like over the new year, next year is when it's going to start like really accelerating even more, basically. I mean, it's like this humane pin, isn't it? You can imagine that, you know, in a couple of years that everybody you meet, every interaction you have, everything you do is being recorded. I had a brilliant, I was at, I was at two brilliant meetings last week and I was actually thinking to myself, like, I wish all those conversations had recorded because, like, there were so many interesting opportunities and angles I was talking about with different business owners and I was thinking, you know, I could have followed up with something much, much better if I, if I you know, had access to those things. So we're going that way, you know, for sure. So if you go back to the basics here, which was um, prompted, we started off with, you know, 
chatbots essentially. And then you had sort of text to image, you know, your mid journeys, your dialys. You got text to video, which tends to like runway. And now you're seeing these things begin to accelerate. And in the last couple of weeks, there's been quite a quite a few developments. So there's one called Pika Labs, P-I-K-A Labs. 1.0 and they call this idea to me. Yeah. So we've always, and it's been like AI of the week quite a few times, that played with a runway, which gives you these kind of four to eight second video clips. So you can either do a text prompt or you can upload an image and that will start from there and give you four seconds. You can extend it to eight seconds. We were seeing that the quality of this video generation and the and the length of them and the ability now to, and we're talking a runway, I've now added more pan room, yeah. to pan out, to pan left, pan right, to zoom in, means that, yeah, to, to do sort of, uh, to fill in, so as you zoom out, it creates uh, more it's community outside of the image. And this was done in, in photos like um, Adobe Firefly has done this. I mean, now you can do it in video. So Picolabs is a new one. It's still quite limited access, but it's, it's amazing when you have a look at that in terms of the video generation. And a new really interesting one, which I think is fascinating actually, is Stability of Lord's SDXL Turbo. So this is their, a bit like runway, uh, this is their prompt or image to video generation. The difference is, well, this, this actually is images, but the difference is with this one is, now we've talked a few, several weeks ago about GANs. So these things where they, you can have a picture of somebody and you can pull their nose and turn their head or move their head. And as you move the head, it'll create whatever should be behind them, for example. What you're seeing now is real-time image, and then you'll see it quite soon, video generation. So you, you, know, you write in a text box, a dog, and you see an image of a dog. You then can write, okay, a dog walking down the street at night. There's a dog and a similar... The complication is never the same dog. <laughs> so you might start with a Labrador. As you say, it's a nine. Now you've got an Alsatian. And then you, have, then you can start literally working the prompt, working the image by typing or talking to it eventually. And you can then to generate images and videos or the first frames of videos they're absolutely spot on because you're not often prompting you, you write the prompt, takes a couple of seconds to create the image. It's not quite right. You do it again, again, again. Whereas now you can keep, so you can keep deleting things, adding things and seeing the impact having on the image or that video. And that's just only next year we're going to see. Yeah, next year we're going to see so many like independent films, independent series, independent things. It's just going to be like whole new things that kind of like come out. Like uh, it's going to be very exciting and and very scary for for cinemas. It's almost stuff like that. Yeah, but but you've seen it that kind of flickery, sort of constantly changing kind of aesthetic that you get currently at least with this technology. It's become a thing. You're seeing uh, TV adverts now. I've seen lots of um, you know videos on social media. Well, it's fantastic. Now, eventually, that that sort of freak image will disappear because every time you create a new, you know, a, a film, typically 24 frames a second, and with artificial intelligence, it'll create a slightly different frame every time, different hairstyle, different dog, and that makes it look quite weird. Yeah. But that eventually will go away. You'll have be able to have sort of like a, almost like a seize through the whole thing where. When you type it out, you know, a Labrador or a dog, it's the same dog. And that's just then changed and moved in the background. Yeah. Changed. So, I mean, we always talk about the business applications. And I think that text to image has been obvious in many ways. And so if you, if you become quite good at it in terms of not using stock image anymore, text to video, text to animation especially, has some huge um, use case in terms of um, businesses and yeah, being able to be using it. I think animation. Image to video as well. Like, like, yeah, animation is going to be huge. Because like, like, if you think about like most of these kind of like Instagram carousels where it's like a static image and stuff like this, I, I saw so many memes where people have turned the meme into a video now, basically, right? So it became real. And obviously like reels and, and short videos are more engaging on social media because it's like moving. So being able to like turn old carousels 
old content into dynamic video and you know like short you know different things like this so you can have like much more engaging social media stuff from your old stuff basically you know i mean they've even shown that like ai is starting to affect like the the, the people on these like upwork platforms and things like this because more and more people are able to like get things done you know faster but i think next year it's going to be if you're not using ai in your content creation it'll be like why basically right yeah yeah you're behind the curve so i've run through these things so you see runway ml they've now launched uh, they had gen 2 launch a couple of weeks ago now they're adding the ability to kind of move the camera so as i was saying you know pan left pan right zoom in zoom out so that's powerful as well they've got leonardo's live camera so leonardo haven't used this it's a little bit pretty powerful isn't it image gen- generation tool and now you can upload images and then you can prompt to sort of amend them, essentially. And also, you can upload an image and up- upscale it as well. And you've got Ideogram. That's another one. That's image upscaling. So upscaling is really powerful. You've got a, an old image. The image is not quite right. It, you've lost, you know, you, you save the low-res version. You want a high-res yeah. version. You can't use it. It's quite frustrating sometimes. You can upscale images. And you've seen some fantastic uh, uh, examples of that. Now, Runway can do upscaling. There's one called Crea. A new one called uh, Magnific, which is fantastic. Go and have a look at that one. So you can take, for example, a, a Roblox blocky character. I saw one which was, um, I think it was the original Tomb Raider, Lara Croft. And it upscales it into a photorealistic person it's bonkers so you can now upscale anything to photorealism no i mean the thing is all these engines are so powerful i think what we're going to see is like they're all going to be competing for users and for people to build platforms with them they're all going to be offering lots of credits basically right like so if you're either trying to build some kind of application or you're a business owner all of these platforms are going to be wanting you to use them and they'll be trying to offer you credits and stuff. So I think as a content creator, like there's so much opportunity to create stuff. I've seen some amazing adverts created where there's a guy who pretends to be Napoleon and he's like walking with a cardboard thing on his head and he flicks his head and he's then he's in like a kind of co- a commercial, then he's in a different commercial and it, and it's everything being switched around and it, it's quite incredible really. Like uh, you, you see what's, what's possible. He made a bit of a full way yeah, yeah. of that guy, which is uh, worth seeing as well. So, so essentially what we're saying is, is that it's moving very quickly because of the competition yes. and, and the money that's going into it. And the example we're using here is image generation, video generation. So it's gone from pretty basic stuff, you know, pretty yeah, well. awful looking images uh, to very simple cartoon characters all the way through to film the photorealistic film, photorealistic images, and now you can create them in real time. That's what's happened in the space of six months, not not a year. So if you're like me, I'm quite visual in terms of where I think, the way my arms around a lot, point things, draw things, but I can't draw save my life. But now it's gone away. I can be as creative almost as any creative I've ever hired, at least 80% of the way there, and then keep going the other yeah. 20% to fix. But I have to move on. That's all very exciting. So you one thing that we, we've touched upon again, which is also important for all of us, is is you know, the United States, Britain, 28 countries now, they have actually signed an agreement to create AI, which is secure by design. So the idea here is to, is to prevent road taxes. So the AI, we're huge optimists of AI. We think it's going to create you know, abundance. There will be issues long-term about you know, workforces and how many jobs are available. But essentially, the, the problem with AI is not the fact that you know, you're going to have a sort of Terminator-style nonsense in the future. It's bad actors. It is humans use technology uh, in in negative ways. So hopefully, the these these sort of countries have got together to try and prevent that, and they'll work together yeah. to try and keep it as safe as possible. But eventually, someone's going to misuse this. Probably, it's more going to be cyber crime. We all will come on to. You'll see that you know they're now creating a couple of million new different uh, materials. So this is really powerful and is important. The nation states do have 
some way of working together to try and control it. Now, another interesting one, moving on, is Amazon Q. This is not nothing to do with Q start open now. This is Amazon Q. I've launched um, AWS and event, launched something called Q. Now, this is quite interesting, Alok, because essentially what it seems to be is the ability for company and organization to almost like a, a, a rag, really, like mm-hmm. a talk to your documents. So it's if the Amazon, so it's not quite productivity, it's not email, it's not, you know, word processing or Excel spreadsheets. Well, they're kind of now sort of creeping into the productivity space because they're going to offer organizations the ability to use artificial intelligence to look at all their corporate documents, create a Q&A for customers, for um, employees, for various stakeholders. Um, and that's quite interesting. So, and they're creating their own models, as we know, quite big models, actually. So it's quite interesting seeing, if you look at the sort of the lay of the land, how all these organizations are beginning to compete in different areas and beginning to overlap. They have to, because like, like AWS obviously stores lots of stuff and maybe people put their documents and stuff like that on there. But the thing is like, why would you keep your documents storing on AWS if it was like, let's just say static and dumb and you've got no ability to interact and access that document versus if you were using Microsoft Azure or Google Cloud and they've got their AI builds on top of that and can allow you to do that. Like you have to, it's basically the electric window for a car. Like if you don't offer access to that, then it's broken basically, right? Like, and I think, I think it's the issue, but I think like- Or you go and retrofit it and yeah, <laughs> go exactly. find someone else who will build your one. Exactly, exactly. But I think- That's a good point actually. I haven't thought of it like that. Yeah, so you're right. So Amazon- Amazon AWS, they have documentation, they, that little information. They yeah, they've got to provide those to it. Otherwise, they can't justify the cost of it. And also, like the cost at the kind of like platform level of these models is coming down quite a lot. So they have to like incentivize to kind of keep people with their cloud spend, you know, with different people. But I, I also saw that like so was, there was a couple of papers where they were comparing, I'm not say papers, but like um, analysis. And the Q model, obviously, it's good, but nothing is GPT-4 level, you understand, you know, like, uh, and they're, they're barely scraping, you know, the older version of 3.5, you know, and, and there was lots of... I suppose, I suppose, in a way, it's like they're compete to having Azure and uh, OpenAI access, the API access to like a chat GPT. They've got to provide something, yeah. obviously, they're not partner with OpenAI, but okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. But I wonder if it's for large organizations or SMEs, we'll, we'll, we shall find out as the details become available. And then another really interesting one, which is, is kind of a longer term play really in terms of business um, use cases, but it will have a, a profound impact on everything we do eventually. It's a Google DeepMind, you know, they may, you've seen the protein folding. Now they've, it's called Gnome. Basically, it's a, it's a way of they've created materials by looking at crystals and they've created, uh, I guess, 2 million new potential materials. I think 380,000 of them have been tested. I think they'll be stable as the materials we can actually create. If you think about that in terms of, you know, technology, chip design, construction, there's so many ways in which new materials can be used. These are things that, you know, have taken years and years and years for material scientists to develop. And actually, I'm going to see a friend of mine today who is a material scientist from Sheffield University. I'm going to ask him about this. But you're now seeing that, you know, not only we created new healthcare-related inventions, like protein folding, now you're seeing it in materials as well. And you're going to see this again in everything we do, is that artificial intelligence will start to design things and understand things and create things in ways that we don't even understand. Yeah, and fundamental science and physics discoveries and things will start to come in the future as well. Because, like, I mean, Jensen, Wang, CEO of NVIDIA, was saying that, like, they use AI to actually design the chips for the AI because it's impossible to fit that many transistors and all the different details in in that level and it, you know how things are now. So we're already in that space and it's just going to get more and more advanced when you've got different materials which can be made in a specific way as well. And that's AI. So, you know, AGI, we talked about earlier, just touched upon it, is that, you know, people think this is going to be, Elon Musk is what, two, three years. I'm not sure who the, the, the guys that 
were sort of in 2025, was it? No, they were until 2045, they're thinking now, like Ray Hertzbar, people like that. But no one's saying it's 10 years away. You know, it's, it, it's too different in your eyes. Some people say it's, yeah. a, it's on par with a human. Something is beyond a human. But we are going to see something approaching AGI because I don't think it's, a, it's not on or off. It's not binary. It's that there's a process, there's a, <clears throat> that sort of continuum to get there. It's already beat the Turing test, right? Like in many, in many, in many situations, right? Like you know, people are also like using AI companions and stuff. So the Turing test is gone, and then it's just a question of like you know when they say, "Oh, above into human intelligence," which level of human intelligence? Are we talking about like Einstein level, or we're talking about like you know average person level? Because in my opinion, in, for most things, it's actually exceeding it. And it's just a question of like adding in more different areas over time. I mean, we don't talk about AGI a lot on this podcast because it's one of those things that um, it's quite hard to sort of pin it down, and but. If it's created, whether it's a human level or it's artificial super intelligence at the Einstein level, this will change everything. This will change our whole world in which we do business. And there's a game. The important thing is to go from zero AI understanding, implementation, deployment in your business or your life to, you know, AGI is going to be a, a huge disruptive change. So you've got to get it on the, on the sort of a... Uh, Onto that continuum now, so you understand what's happening. All your systems have to become like connected. Like that's the bottom line, right? All your systems have to be cognified so that when you get, you know, better intelligence, they can all be upgraded, basically. But if they're not even plugged in, you can't even you can't enhance. If we talk about implementing AI, might have changed company name to implement AGI. <laughs> so I don't know what that's going to look like. But that's going to be a, that's going to be even more even more complicated, isn't it? It's fine. It's within AI. And I think what we're going to do, I think, before I know we'll do the last pod next week, the week after, I'm not sure we'll do it, is do some predictions for 2024 about artificial intelligence. You know, what's going to happen? <laughs> we're really interesting. Look, look at coming back to the year. Quite interesting in terms of what's going to happen, their business implementations, use cases, deployment implementation, and kind of on where we think it's going to go. If I think if I think back to April or May when we did some of our first like um, sessions, and I think about like what was accessible then, and I look at what's possible now, I didn't think it would be so much advanced within nine months, right? You know, like uh, and, and so and the end, but now like the, the pace accelerating. So yeah, on that next episode, that'll be interesting. We have to come up with some. Yeah, well, I, I thought there would be a slight trough of disillusionment, but not like, disillusionment is the wrong word, but it'd be the same kind of uh, shape, but it would be a bit quite a shallow one. But it hasn't really happened. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. So moving on. So implement AI. Again, if you're new to our pod, and you, uh, this is what we all new to you. So we've written quite a few white papers. One is about the AI-assisted organization. That's kind of our framework, how you go about you know, moving from being having no AI in your business to being you know AI first somewhere down the line. We're well, focused on really about how do you go about implementing AI in your business? What's the process? How do you pick off workflows? How do you go about doing that? And we read another white paper about either augmented workforce. We're all going to be augmented. You should be personally. Your business should be. Your team should be. Your coworker should be. Um, if people aren't augmented by AI, why the hell are they going to come and work for you? They're going to work somewhere else where they are augmented and they can focus on the more meaningful things they want to do as opposed to the mundane and the admin we all have to do. And also training as well. So we're now really ramping up our training academy. We've had some fantastic feedback. We don't look on LinkedIn on our training courses. And these are things which are sort of, you know, there are up to 10 people. They're kind of tuned to your business. You can ask questions, not just some video you're watching. It's actually the, the real thing. Um, but some great feedback. And training, again, we're going to talk about it a bit later, is your first competitive advantage. And this is where you make a difference immediately in terms of how you use this technology in your business, in your personal life as well. And to get started normally, people start on our AI Activate program, a 60-day sprint, the policy, governance, there's some training, we look at your workflows, we pick one off and we automate it through using artificial intelligence, 
and basically prove to you the ROI. And once you understand that, typically we've seen some huge ROIs from our clients. But then the question then is, how do I deploy this in my business more permanently? And then we create or deploy AI agents within your business. And if you ask that, Abdel, no, no, that, that's exactly it. Because like the key thing is like if you start applying this and understand like the, the key areas which are going to drive revenue, you need to start getting those plans in place. Because like you know January is coming up, and you know you want to start moving ahead of your competition because shifts like this do not repeat. No. And then let's move on to our theme this week, which is training. So training is a, an enormous subject, right? But we want to focus on, to try and give you a, a, some insight into two elements of it. One is training people, you, yourself, your team, your co-workers, um, your, your, your workforce essentially, but also then training the AI you're using so that when you put the two together, it's even, it's even more powerful, isn't it? Exactly. So I think the way you want to think about things is like when you're working with AI, let's look at, let's look at the different levels. There's using basic or no skills on a public AI system. And that could be, you know, mid-journey, chat GPT, Claude, whatever. And that's someone who doesn't even really know how to prompt and is just using it and just asking questions. So quite a lot of the time there, the outputs can be quite varied and also not necessarily in the way that you want it to be. And this is quite often where people say, oh, this doesn't work or this isn't in the right way. The second level is where someone actually understands, you know, basic prompt engineering and even potentially intermediate prompt engineering, where they're able to actually specify, give examples of what they're looking to do, potentially use supplemental data sets or load in documents to help guide the system. So now the person is able to use the engine of the general AI system, but they're able to tune it with the, with the fuel that they want to be able to get what they want. So that's like going from basic skills on a public system to more intermediate or advanced skills on a public system. And then the third level is where you start using advanced skills on your own tuned system. So that's where you not just use documents within your prompt, you're also using you know customization of your language model. And this is where it's very good to be able to understand how different systems could work because you could actually augment some of these AIs either an open source form or even GPTs and really hard allow you to do it with different knowledge bases. And then it can get it to answer from those specifically first. So you're not just getting the information of general GPT that would answer to everyone. It'll be look at your company information first as the resource area and then answering from there. So that's where you're using like a RAG system, retrieve a little bit of generation or fine tuning where you actually train the system by giving it lots of pairs of examples of like what you're trying to look for. And the key thing here is that like, why would you want to do these things? Because you would get like quicker answers with less complex prompting, the more tuned the model and system is. So there's tuning the people, there's tuning the system as well, basically. So I think the key thing here is like, if you, you know, there's, there's a phrase, isn't it, right? Like um, if you do, you know, mediocre actions, then you, you'll get mediocre results, isn't it, right? You know, okay, you, if you're on a professional level output, you can't have an amateur input, basically, right? But if you actually like, tune up your system so that your own systems like that you're working within your company, like the knowledge base, let's say all the customer support documentation, all the successful emails are loaded in. And at the same time, you train your team on how you do, how to answer and, and process, you know, queries from customers, they're going to be able to get much better answers back from the AI system and potentially also create a system which should almost be AI first over time. So the key thing is, is that you have to start working on your own you know, AI operating system and start developing your people and start developing your own AI system, basically. Yeah, so the way I like it too is, is, is the saxophone analogy. You can hand someone a saxophone, right, and they'll beautiful instrument, make beautiful music, but most people, and with no training, no understand how it works, it's got to sound flipping awful. And, and we, we're, we're looking at creating yeah. a new white paper by the AI operating system. And it's almost, it's like a, an XY axis, really. It's two axes. And as you go from you know, left to right, you've got one is training, understanding the technology, how to use it. And the other one is having the technology, which becoming more and more 
sort of complicated and fine tune and more custom to your business and your use case over time. As you kind of move from the left to right to the sort of top right quadrant, what you're getting essentially is more control. Is that what we're saying? You're getting better outputs because you're getting better inputs. And then yes. you're also getting more control. But I also like thinking was you're also getting more margin because what you're essentially doing is you're extracting more values, more efficient, more productive. You're creating more value using the models with a, a, a team that are trained to extract the, you know, the, the sort of Agreed. And outputs. that's where it's like you have to invest in training your team, but also creating your own AI systems because this is what's going to give you the advantage. If your team can answer, you know, more customer questions in less time and at a higher standard, if they're able to like, follow up with more people in a better way, if you've got the foundational system so that customer success activities can be done partially AI-assisted, I mean, basically, you can interact with more people in a higher way, in a higher quality, in less time. And this is how you scale your business, basically, right? It's like creating the flywheel. And if you don't start creating the flywheel, you're always going to be manual, repeat, manual, repeat, and you're not going to get the the engine thrust or, or the AI you know, helping drive you forward. And that's the key thing here, basically, because also once team members who are in AI-assisted organizations start talking with their, their colleagues who are not in it, and they start saying, oh, how do you do this task? And it's like, oh, I use this. Like, really? Like, that, we're going to start to see shifts. And I think the key thing we have to understand is like the world we are in now, because of the speed of information, is volatile. I don't know if you remember the Silicon Valley Bank crisis where basically Twitter over a weekend basically like made, you know, everyone withdraw their money and cause it to kind of implode. The speed of information causing changes is is huge. Even the Twitter, the open AI thing basically, right, that played out massively. So I think the key thing is like when these shifts happen next year, it's not going to be a gradual shift of customers or employees and stuff like that. It's going to become quite stark and quite quick. And the thing is, once the momentum has shifted in the wrong direction, it's going to be very hard for you to catch up, basically. And I think the key thing we're trying to emphasize and communicate is that you want your company to be ready for it when the wave kicks in, basically. Yeah, so I think that kind of up to that, where the like exponential curve that really begins to take off, is it, I, mean, well, I said this to a couple of talks I've done, it, it's 2023, 2024 will be years where people look back in history books and say, that is where it actually changed. And by 2025, six, seven, if you're not thinking about this, I'm thinking it's too late, actually. You haven't done something that's, out of this. That's just accelerating. Yeah. Those, it's going to be very hard to catch up. Basically, right. I mean, I mean so yeah. we talk to organizations, don't we? We talk to organizations every day, okay? And you've got those. It's, I've, I've been through, you know, cloud. You've been through the internet. Um, you know, unified communications. I've seen lots of different sort of S curves in terms of innovations where they're being picked up. And organizations are different. I think with artificial intelligence, the feedback we tend to get is, is that they understand that there's something different here. This is now access to intelligence. And they understand that they need to have the training and the understanding to learn how to use it because it's happening. They often, the problem is, it's just corporate inertia. It's just time it takes to get things done time it takes people to focus on this because they've got a day job it's fear as well they've got other projects to get done Absolutely. i think that you've got to put a team on this this is where we have our sort of fractional chief a officers as well you've got to put a team on it or some resource or some people part of their yeah. day is looking at this understanding yeah how do we skill ourselves up how do we skill ourselves up personally as well that's training how do we skill our team and up the mindset so we start with ai fundamentals and prompt engineering as we we're saying earlier all ties in is that prompt engineering is not just about text anymore so okay how do i stop buying stock images how do i stop buying stock video because i know how to prompt these tools to create images or video but more intents and purposes almost free that's what it used to cost you and, and the copyright law is getting there now lots of news on that in china even seeing that, yeah you know, copyright in many ways is yeah it's kind of Kind of, yeah, it's kind of going away, isn't it? So the issues that are blocking use of this are falling away. So having your having your team understand how to start to use this is absolutely really important. In 2024, we're going to focus on this quite a lot. All the limits to psychology 
not technology. And also, and on the on things like fine tuning, customization, you now seeing the you know, chat GPT, all these providers of the large language models, they understand, they, they know what the issues are, they know what the blockers are. They're beavering away in the background trying to remove those barriers. Now you can see that chat GPT, you know, GPT-4 Turbo, you can have fine tuning, but even create custom models for you, which is super expensive, more for large companies. But that's today. Yeah. Or even open source ones, like for example, I saw that like someone was putting a bit photo of Marilyn Monroe into GPT-4 Vision and asking like, who is this person? Is she famous? Is she beautiful? And GPT-4 Vision says, I cannot comment on the person, blah, 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 whatever. But an open source model, I saw it loaded into it. It said, this is Marilyn Monroe. She's very famous. This is from this. Like this, like, so, you know, AI selection, AI customization, and your team having an AI first mindset, that's what you have to have basically, right? Because like there, there are all the possibilities. Um, and because the playing field is changing all the time, you don't always want to be going running down one alleyway with one particular provider. You want to have the ability in the back end to understand what is the best model. Yeah, what is yeah, the best model approach. to achieve the outcome that we want in our business? And then you can choose it in that way. So that's a huge um, topic. We're going to focus on more and more on training. We're finding that training is where people um, find it the easiest sort of entree really into artificial intelligence makes people more comfortable they understand it more the fear goes away and they start to understand the power of it essentially so we're going to come back to that and my ai of the week i think because it is the power of it is i've been playing with lots of them all these different image generation video generation it's probably sdxl turbo which is a stability ai and this is this real-time image generation you've seen will be real-time video generation it's almost like you have an image in your mind you're trying to get it out onto paper or onto a screen and you're just sort of typing away or speaking, whatever you want to do, whatever the interface is, and you see it appear in front of you. If it's not quite right, you sort of delete some text, add some text. I mean, that is almost like plugging into your brain and remember, creativity. Remember like there's programs where you see like, where basically like someone would be like a witness for a crime and they'd be saying like, okay, oh, they were, they were six foot tall or they had brown eyes, the hair, the eyebrows like this, and the sketch was like sketching. Yeah. But this is like that in HD, basically, in real time, right? You know, like... Yeah, it is, uh, yeah. So that, that's another job that's going to have a window. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's just uh, the, the implications. So yeah, SDXL Turbo, go and... I would say, you know, you're probably not going to use it immediately in your business, right? But go and have a play with them. If you haven't used a, you know, is it excellent job? Yeah. Stability AI oh, club job, yeah. all these different tools. Just go and use them and play with them. What it's going to do is educate you about the power of these things. And that's, mind. that's the way in mind. Yeah, we all say, this is like, you know, snake or pong. This is very, very basic stuff. In a year's time, um, Sam Altman said this. At the, Sam Altman said Yeah, at the, look uh, quaint. yeah exactly. These tools are going to look quaint within a year's time. So you know what we're going to be talking about on our ChatGPT second second birthday. So that's it for this week. Well, we're going to come back. We'll probably do a, a sort of roundup and then some uh, forecasts of what we think is going to happen in 2024. I've got like predictions. I've got a few stories. Well, it's going to be bonkers. That's, it's going to be really exciting, actually. And then uh, we're, we're going to need a break. Oh, yeah. this and next year, we're not going to sleep. So, yeah, download our white papers <laughs> if you want to have, you know, understand how to start implementing AI in your business, how to augment your workforce. Please do, um, you know, share this podcast with the audio, watch the video version on YouTube. Please subscribe. Do some more subscribers there. Please do rate the show, especially at Apple, if you enjoy it and they find it, assist, find it helpful. Yeah, they really are helpful, actually. <clears throat> also, we appreciate the uh, feedback as well. Any feedback, let us know. Yeah, reviews, we really appreciate them and, and we'll get back to you. Yeah. Also, let us know what you thought of the workshop uh, edition because we could do some more of those as we roll out content like that. So that's it for this week. This is the AI Assisted Organization podcast. Myself, Piersley, Alok Shot Club. We'll see you again next week. Yeah.